This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Have yourself a film history. The history of film. From Brad Pitt to James Cagney and all of them. Have yourself a very, very film history. Merry Christmas, everyone. From, from film, film history, history the, the history, history of film. I don't know. Did we announce that it was going to be Nightmare Before Christmas? We probably talked about it. We, we talked, talked that we were going to do it, but we I didn't, wasn't aware when, so I'm glad yeah. that today is the day. No, now that, it's not the it's day. It's not the day. Oh, <laughs> a staple of this show is breaking promises. Yeah, we zag. So, yeah, we, yeah, zig, yeah. we zag. We zag. Yeah. We swerve on them, for sure. Yeah. And I did that today. You know... It just wasn't right. Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, I, I said on this show, on the air, what goes in November? What the fuck do we do for November? Mm-hmm. Well, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas is definitely the it, one it to do. It bridges the gap between October yeah, and December. Yeah, And now I feel like we're going into like proper-ass Christmas. Yeah, December, Christmas was yesterday. Like, Jack Skellington, <laughs> as hot as he is, you yeah. know, he's just not exactly... It's already January 15th. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. I'm down, uh, I'm down to do that, because I would love to you know take a little musical examination on uh, that on yeah. that well, that's the other well. part it's gonna be a big episode that, yeah. that movie is big and yeah. also on top of that we just did avatar which was a modern movie yeah so i'm gonna bring you back taking it back we're doing a fucking classic today. okay All and right, this is a classic back. that not many people know about you're not gonna know any of these fucking actors in this thing well, is it a classic if not many people know about it uh it's a classic okay. it is still a classic it's right. like a cult classic okay it's a cult christmas classic this movie is called It Happened on Fifth Avenue. I feel like I've heard of this. Oh, yeah. And by the way, welcome back to another holiday season <laughs> of film history. The, the history, history of film. Is this about the building of sacks on Fifth <laughs> Avenue? <laughs> That's the funniest thing, man. It Happened on Fifth Avenue sounds like a, a it should be about like a crime. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that murder. That happened on Fifth sounds Avenue. Sounds like yeah. something at Trump Tower. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, what happened on the Fifth? It happened on Fifth Avenue. I saw the whole thing. <laughs> In, right inside the Bebelos room. Hey, January right, 5th Avenue. <laughs> the Bebelos <laughs> January, room. January 5th <laughs> Avenue. I saw the whole thing, but I ain't saying shit. <laughs> no, no. This is a Christmas movie. Uh, I promise. Uh, this film was released in 1947, and wow. uh, yeah, putting the history in film history. We're putting the history in film history, and this this falls right around the same time. We're keeping up the theme here uh, with you know, if you remember, it's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Christmas movies in the 30s and 40s usually had a very dark message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and they were they were I don't know what was going on, but they weren't the happiest movies being made at oh, the time. What was going on? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Most humans ever died ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A maybe. giant genocide in Europe. I don't know what the fuck else could I like, happily be listing. Oh, I just lost everyone I know. Let me go back to fucking home and like cheer and put Christmas presents and talk about some white guy with a beard. Dad's not coming home. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Dad's not here for Christmas this year. The only thing I want for Christmas is my father back. <laughs> the only thing I want for Christmas is peace. The only thing I want for Christmas is a is a cold bullet behind the head. You know what I want to see? I want to see uh, like Japanese and German and Italian movies in 1947. Oh, I want to know what those movies Ooh. are like. Because yep. that's like, what do you do? Do you make a movie about, hey, guys, we lost? Yeah. Or you can't make like a pro-war film at that point because everyone's going to be like, nah, bro, we lost. What the fuck? Nobody's going to go to theaters to see that, right? Well, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe Hitler made a video down in that bunker of when he uh, took his own life. I, I don't Hitler made a video when he got to Argentina. I don't think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think the Japanese are making Christmas movies at all. That's a very good point. Touche, my friend. Touche. Christmas ain't really a thing. 
<laughs> no, they might be, man. There might be some Japanese Christmas movies out there. Do, do, the, do the does the Japanese culture have like a Christmas surrogate? Like, is there some sort of like uh, winter celebration that happens there? If, in, I'm not sure. With their religion, I, I mean, also like I, the, the Japanese religion is so interesting because like it's like so unique to them, and I don't, don't even know what it's called. No one ever talks about it. It's called, it starts with an S, right? Hmm. Oh boy. Uh, I'm Googling. Yeah. I'm Googling. Japanese religion in 1947 was don't get bombed again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> let's let's figure out how to rebuild. Yeah, Shinto. Shinto. Um, I think it's a type of Buddhism. Interesting. 60% of the population practices Shinto. Uh, 60 practice Buddhism. Okay, so they're different. They're completely different. 69 practice Shinto. 66 practice Buddhism. And 1.5 practice Christianity. Fucking losers. And I'm <laughs> fucking. And I'm reading 6. here. practice other religions. Oh, I'm reading here that I don't know if this is true, but in Japan it says it's more like Valentine's Day, where you spend it with like your significant other and you swap gifts with each other. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah so yeah. anyone who's not fucking doesn't get presents. Yeah. If you ain't fucking, <laughs> Christmas ain't for you. No wonder get, everybody walks door. into the woods and kills themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna want to after this movie. No, I'm just kidding. This movie's not as sad as this. A Wonderful Life, where like a man helped been on killing himself is visited by an angel to show him what's going to happen after the police recover his frozen dead body from the river or whatever <laughs> or like in miracle on 34th street which we'll do next year when they want to throw santa claus in prison oh, yeah, you know that's right. yeah, 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 santa yeah. goes to jail you know it's miracle on 34th street no in this holly in this jolly holiday tale a business mogul displaces a war veteran and forces him to sleep on a park bench in new york <laughs> merry christmas everyone eat the fucking rich that is insane. <laughs> Holy fuck. These themes, man. You know, all these war heroes that just came back from war? We're going to make a movie about one of them getting fucked over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Evict them. Yeah, we're going to evict his ass. This one was interesting, too, because, like, uh, we're going to talk about why, but this movie was... Uh, it is a good movie. I okay. do recommend going to see this. It does sound like a court case now. It sounds like it sounds he's like... suing the guy who made him sleep on the bench, and it's like, it happened on Fifth Avenue. Not at all. It's this fucking weird tale that is told, like, It's a Wonderful Life took itself very seriously. It was heavy. This was Frank Capra, and it-, it... This was Frank Capra, too? No, no, this oh. wasn't. This was going to be, but I'll, t I'll talk about that. But uh, Frank Capra did It's a Wonderful Life, and it was very much like, this is a sad tale, you know? But this one is like the Disney-fied version of like, haha, like a really dark subject, but just made into this like light comedy, you know? It's very interesting. I do highly recommend it. It is sort of not very well done as far as like some of the acting, some of the editing, but there's also a reason behind that that I'll get into. So, <clears throat> but go see it. <laughs> what a great pitch for a movie. Yeah, very classic movie. We've got hobos. We've got the super rich. We've got wow. sexual innuendo. We've got references to violence against women. It's everything from a movie that came out this year uh, that we that we would want out of a 1947 movie. Where can I watch it? <laughs> you can watch it on HBO Max. This movie came out in 1947. Uh -huh. So uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what was going on that year in... When are we? When are we? <laughs> 1947, Harry S. Truman, the man himself, who uh, the, the bomb man himself, <coughs> the man who dropped the nuke, he is president right now, and uh, we're still shaking shrapnel up from our coats from the Nazis. Mm -hmm. The cost of a gallon of gas is 15 cents per gallon. Holy shit. <laughs> Through the old inflation calculator, that's $2 a gallon. Is so there still anything cheap. on this planet you can buy for 15 cents right now? Oh, man. Can you buy a candy? FTX stock? Yeah, you can buy a <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I don't think you can yes, get a stick of gum for 15 cents. <laughs> I don't think you can get anything for 15 cents. You can... Yeah. You can get a beating. Penny stocks, <laughs> literally. That's it. That's all you can get. You can get a free beating on Hollywood Boulevard. Shit coins. If you give 15 cents to Spider-Man, he'll fucking kill you. That's what you can get. Uh, 1947, Chuck Yeager, a United States Air Force captain and World War II veteran, becomes the first person to break the sound barrier at Mach 1. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, we covered this year on Game History. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I don't remember which. I don't remember which episode. I don't remember either. One of them, but I remember talking about this specifically. That's right. I remember yeah. the first flight simulator I had was Chuck Yeager's flight simulator. Oh or shit! Like that nice for the man. Well, that's wh- how I learned who Chuck Yeager was. I was like, who the fuck is this? One of these days, I'm gonna find an excuse to talk about the right stuff. That book I've been reading, man. Yeah. Gonna... It's been made into several things, like I know. movie, TV, TV, everything. I'm gonna talk so about like... the movie so that I can talk about the book so that I can talk we about the real people. An Apollo era. That's That'd what we cool. should do because then we can cover like Gemini, Mercury, Apollo. You could do all the movies and media surrounding all of those That'd events cool. from the test yeah. pilot from the, from like this time till like the 1960s. Apollo 13. Right. Yeah. That's a lot. All right. Well, speaking of flying objects, uh, this was also the year that an unknown object crashed in the general vicinity of Roswell, New Mexico. The United States Armed Forces insisted it was a high-altitude surveillance balloon. Weather balloon. A weather balloon. Look right here. Put your sunglasses on. On July 8th, Roswell Army Airfield Public Information Officer Walter Hout in Roswell, New Mexico, issued a press release stating that personnel from the the field's 509th Bomb Group had recovered a crashing flying disc from a ranch near Roswell. The story all but died following the press release for 30 years when, in 1978, UFO expert Stanton T. Friedman interviewed Major Jesse Marcel, who was involved with the original recovery of the debris in 1947, and Marcel expressed his belief that the military had covered up the recovery of an alien spacecraft, including alien life forms. Maybe it was Santa Claus. No, I definitely believe that, because they were like... Yo, these fucking chimps are blowing up nukes, all right? We got to go. Before, we were just, like, letting uh, them hang back, like, uh, kill each other. Yeah. Now, these guys, these guys get a little frisky. Let's go down there and make sure, like, you know, fucking the apocalypse. <laughs> they saw the nuke from space. They're like, all right, we got to get down there. They were just Let's watching go. all of us on TV, like, Truman <laughs> Show. And they're like, all right, time to intervene. Now we're going to go down there and do shit. Well, maybe that's no coincidence that this is the same year the CIA was formed. Oh, really? Whoa. Really I don't cool. believe in coincidence. <laughs> CIA stands for Central Intergalactic Aliens. Agency. Oh, agencies. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. That's right, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, pass that joint, dude. <laughs> this was also the year that Howard Hughes flew his Spruce Goose. Uh, and there was this, so Spruce Goose, that yeah. was this year. Yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> and some other inventor, Walter Morrison, was like, oh yeah, look what I can do. And he invented the Frisbee. Oh, it was is fucking he, loser. Is he the Morris <laughs> from William and Maurice Endeavor? <laughs> the Frisbee. <laughs> the Frisbee. It's what like, hey man. Stoner from San Francisco. Was that <laughs> <laughs> Until you're ready to piss in milk bottles, you're never going to invent anything like the Spruce Goose, all right? Or the AI sex machine like Alan Turing at the same time. Okay, so was, we talked about this on the first game episode. Okay, the, 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 so that's the first what was game. going yeah. on. Gotcha. So yeah, now we talk- we're doing the win, are we? Yeah, because you talked about here. Alan Turing sex machine, remember? <laughs> that's right, man. <laughs> Shout out to our Twitter follower, Alan Turing sex machine. <laughs> 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 Who got the namesake from this show? <laughs> from a, the first ever Game History That's Patreon right, episode. Man. That's so I, many levels, layers <laughs> to that joke. That's when Alan Tune was fucking us with his AI. <laughs> I gotta go back and listen to that episode and see why we got so horned up talking about Alan Tune. Is because because he coded the computer to say sexy shit? Oh, to him. that's right. Yeah. He, it really was a sex machine. Yeah, it was a sex robot. That's he coded right. it to like say sexy things. It was like Chad GPT, but specifically for <laughs> sex talk to Alan Turing. Amazing. How rough must life have been like for a... It was gay in the 40s, man. It was like, like, someone talk to me like I want to. (laughs) I'm gonna invent a machine as a companion. 1945. I want to fuck you. He's like, thank you. (laughs) Someone does. You really know me. (laughs) This was the year that Jackie Robinson took to the field for the Brooklyn Dodgers, becoming the first African American to play in the major leagues. Wow, guys. I know. 47, I know. first African. Wow. Yep. It's like, great, but maybe we could have done this sooner. You know? <laughs> and around Christmas time in 1947, everyone's listening to Gene Autry's Here Comes Santa Claus, and they're filing into the movie theaters to see, not this movie that we're talking about, but A Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> and maybe if they have time, you know, later on before the New Year's comes along, they'll go to the theater one more time to see the film we're going to be talking about today. It happened on Fifth Avenue. Hey, 
Hey, yo, we're happening over on Fifth Street. I feel like this movie's very targeted to New Yorkers. Yeah. yeah. Right. I don't think, you know, how many people in, like, the Midwest are going to be like, I don't really give a fuck what happened on Fifth Avenue. Fifth Avenue. <laughs> I mean, at this point, probably a crime. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. At this point, half the population probably lives in New York. <laughs> the, other, the other half is like fascinated with New York. They're half like, of oh. us are dead. Half of us live in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah and everyone else is like, oh, New York is so so fascinating. I'll never go there. I'll you know? never get to go there. But well, it is a very New York movie. You're right. You're right. I'll never get to go there. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna drop a bomb on there before I can get there. Oh man. Uh, but I'll tell you a little bit about what this this movie is about, and then we'll get into the meaty, juicy, veiny history of this of this bad <laughs> the boy. Throbbing history, <laughs> throbbing, pulsating Alan Turin history <laughs> of this movie. Subscribe to our Patreon. Go listen to that episode yeah. on the first ever video game. It's yes. older than you think. Yes, it's good. Damn it, it's good. But yeah, we're gonna do some more Patreon stuff eventually. One day, eventually, we're getting it out there. <laughs> As you'll hear from... Okay, so this is the plot of the movie. As you'll hear from the bus tour that's going around New York, there's a giant townhouse mansion on Fifth Avenue that belongs to Michael J. O'Connor, the second richest man in the fucking world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. An Irish man living on Fifth <laughs> Avenue in 1947? The second richest man in They're the world. already, already <laughs> fucking up these real world facts, They're bro. doing a real stretch here. And that's what they said on the bus itself, by the way. He's the second richest man in the fucking world. You know, it's a weird one from 1947. Uh, so every winter... So he had $43? Yeah, yeah, he's the richest man in the world. He's got a, a wooden nickel. <laughs> no, man, after the war, we were flush, baby. World War II put some uh, money in our pockets, you know. We need to go again. We need to do this again, man. We could all get rich. When's the third one? <laughs> we could all be it's like... It's coming. Yeah. It's, it's fucking coming. So Michael J. O'Connor, every winter, this rich motherfucker, he just boards up his townhouse on Fifth Avenue, right? And he heads to his summer home in Virginia. And he's like, I'm getting the fuck Very out. Very relatable. So, that's right. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. I do the same thing, man. When there's like a chill in the air, I, I board up my, my townhouse on Fifth Avenue to go somewhere way, warmer, you know? What a fucking moron. I'm going to leave New York in the winter to go to Virginia? Yeah. Like, out of all... It's still snowing in Virginia. Yeah. Go, to, go to Florida. Go to Florida. Right. That's what we're all doing. Yeah. That's where the mafia's all going. Yeah, that's where the real cocaine Too many is. Cubans. Too many Cubans Jekyll down there right Island, now. man. Off of Georgia. That's where all the rich people went. There that's where, like, uh, J.P. Morgan and the Rockefellers, they had all this. It was an island that's, like, just Jeffrey south Epstein. of... I mean, he had his own island. <laughs> yeah, you think you're going to find good cocaine in Virginia? Forget about it. J.P. Morgan had Jeffrey Epstein's island way before he did. Uh, he sold it to him. What he is it with these fucking rich billionaires and islands? I know, man. Well, they're, they're I mean, what? If, all the evil... if I had money, I'd buy an island. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, yeah, but you could be like Mr. Beast and buy an island and then give it away and make content for content, it. Like, that's content, content, content island. Yeah. Or you could yeah. set up in Puerto Rico and wind up in the ocean like all those crypto dudes. Yeah. Right yeah. That'd be my biggest concern buying an island right now is like the sea level is going to be like 10 feet higher in yeah. two years. So you got to really buy like a mountain. You got to lease an island. You got to have an airstrip. Yeah. You know, get the fuck out of there. Yeah, yeah. Get away from the riff. I, I like this idea. Like maybe the content island and the content will pay for the island. Then if it goes under, it's like, well, I broke even on the content. That's what Jeffrey Epstein did. <laughs> <laughs> that so, content is very illegal. <laughs> did you see the hashtag trending on Twitter? It's SBF didn't kill himself already oh my god <laughs> oh yeah he just, he just got locked up that's right holy shit man uh, i don't yeah. think it's a coincidence too that they arrested his ass the day before he testified before congress yeah all those politicians were like no 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 no, oh, no. shut the fuck up we you are not gonna squeal i didn't think about was, that because i was like, wondering when it became illegal all of a sudden oh no it was, it was always illegal yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, I know he was That's like. Hilarious. It's not a coincidence. That's that, wild. Because wow. all the, the there's people that he didn't donate to that were going to mm. grill the fuck out of him in front yeah. of that committee, and that committee uh. would have been aired on C-SPAN, yeah. he's, he's on gonna... public TV, and all of those people who took his money and did all that shady shit would be fucked from yeah. both sides of the aisle. So they were like, SEC, go get him. SPF Damn. didn't kill himself as trending. That's hilarious. He's going to die of whatever that journalist in Qatar just died from. <laughs> you know, same shit. <laughs> stoned to death? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll stone him to death in prison, for sure. That's uh, what they do. 
So there's this. Uh, <laughs> so Michael J. O'Connor he goes out of town for the winter, and there's this local crazy hobo guy named Aloysius T. McKeever who wanders around New York with his dog Sam. And every winter, when Michael J. O'Connor boards up that townhouse, McKeever and his dog Sam crawl through a loose board in the fence, and they just fucking take up shop in this dude's house. There's like an underground entrance into the into the fucking mansion. And he gets in there, he goes in, he draws a hot bath in Mr. and Mrs. O'Connor's tub, pours himself a glass of brandy, lights up a few of the man's cigars, and lives the fucking high life, baby. You know, like, this dude, like, a few hours ago, he was, like, stinking a piss, and now he's in the mansion, you know? It's like, reminds me of Trading Places. (laughs) (laughs) Celebrity Trading Places was wild. Uh, a few of those people actually fuck. What? So yeah, yeah. No, what is this? Or wait, no, trading spouses. Is what trading I was spouses. Yeah. Trading places. That's right. Where they were Stand going to decorate each other's. Oh, the <laughs> movie. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the HGTV shit. I don't know what either of these things are. <laughs> All right. Anyway, it seems to be very different. <laughs> very, they are very, very different. <laughs> And he's not the only one. Did Akron and Murphy are like, so those people fuck. So yeah. those people fuck. <laughs> well, they did. They also did. They were fucking. <laughs> they were always trading places. But it was places. the 80s. They were, trading places. The they were trading places in each other's beds. You get you get this one this time. <laughs> but oh. <laughs> Old McKeever, he's not the only one enjoying a homeless holiday. There's an apartment building down the way, right? And it was just bought for the development of an 80-story modern office building, is what the sign says. And the current tenants have been evicted. And guess who bought the building? Old Michael J. fucking O'Connor, man. He bought the building, and he's kicking all these people out. One of those tenants is Jim Bullock, an Army veteran. This man was over there flamethrowing the Japanese for years, and we can't even house the guy, you know? Years of crispy fried teenagers, and the man's getting evicted by old Michael J. O'Connor. So he's sleeping on a bench, having PTSD from his war campaign, when he's discovered... All this is not true, by the way. I just added that. About the flamethrower in Japan. Thing. Oh, oh. He didn't, it, it's a lighter movie than that. <laughs> but that's what I imagined when I was watching it. <laughs> I was like, this guy definitely flamethrowered a bunch of teenagers, you know. And now he's losing his home. <laughs> but I, so he's so he's sleeping on a bench. I'm, I'm so numb to this. I'm just like, it's the 40s. That sounds no, perfectly Maybe reasonable. that was actually <laughs> your face when I said it. I was like, oh, I think I'm selling this too hard. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> They're really building a character here. Well, this guy was... Just like a cook on a ship. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're really building a complex character. Do I love him? Do I hate him? <laughs> he was a flamethrower operator in Japan. That's what I imagined. But no, they just said he's like an army veteran, you know. So he's out. So he's out sleeping on a bench, having PTSD. When he's discovered by old McKeever, McKeever's walking around Central Park with his fucking like dressed like the goddamn like penguin for Batman because he's wearing all of McConnor's clothes, you know. So he's walking around like a rich dude with a cane. He's got his dog with him, and uh, he sees old Jim O'Connor. Jim, uh, sorry, he sees Jim on the fucking old bench, Jim. old flamethrower Jim. <laughs> And he says, he says to the guy, he says, I respect the fact that during the war you were in the nickname of the human barbecue pit, so would you like to come live in the house, you know? The human barbecue pit. That's a great nickname, bro. And old Jim, you know, he twitched a little bit, and he's like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. Let's go to the house, you know? Uh, <laughs> You're the crispy crusader, aren't you? <laughs> I'm the crispy <laughs> I respect how many medals you got for the children that you roasted with your flamethrower. <laughs> you know, it's funny. He's like actually the exact opposite of the movie. He's like this really like cornbread type of fucking like white Disney-fied. dude. Yeah, yeah, very Disneyfied version of the human barbecue pit. <laughs> but uh, that's actually all I'm going to tell you about the plot. So. <laughs> The human barbecue pit goes and lives with a, a loister or whatever his name is in this in this mansion that they're not supposed to be in, and it's like this very it's like this very like light comedy about breaking and entering. You know, if you love Home Alone, you'll love this movie. You know, Home Invasion made funny, um, and then it like it kind of goes into honestly like watch this movie in a different light. 
Because at some point, like, the family moves into the house with all the people that are now living there with the hobos, and they pretend to be homeless people along with them. It's insane, dude. Now, now I'm getting, like, parasite vibes. <laughs> like, they it's, lived under the floorboards. It's kind of trippy, man. Okay. It's kind of trippy. But, it, it, you know, it has its moments. But like I said, it's also, it was pretty cheap. It was pretty cheaply, well, it wasn't cheaply made. It was just made by people who were used to making things cheap. I'll mm-hmm. put it that way. Okay. But I do recommend it. Much like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, it has a plot line of, like, honest do-getters, Bidding on a plot of land to turn it into a shelter for the needy, but the land's already being eyeballed. Remember that whole thing? What a change in culture (laughs) that we've had from the 40s and 50s to, like, you know, don't fucking screw over the little guy and, like, you know, big business is wrong and big corruption in government's wrong to, like, now... TikTok videos with Family Guy and video games. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. Maybe we're getting smarter. Maybe no, we're, we're not. We're definitely smarter. not. We're definitely not. That's why we still exist. Now we just yeah. also get Family Guy clips. Yeah. Know, over, over what video was the games? last good moral of the story movie that wasn't a fucking already existing IP? Oh, um, uh, it's last year nominated for an Oscar. Don't look up. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. But I will say, yeah, for sure, like, we definitely don't have many movies these days not encourage, you know, you to go be very rich. You also, know, like, um, that should never have been nominated for an Oscar. Um, <laughs> also, The Big Short was not that long ago. Uh, Wolf yeah. of Wall Street is, like, not a, it's not but, an advertisement for that lifestyle. Wolf of Wall Street, I could argue mm. that Wolf of Wall Street eh, had the same... kind of glorifying. I was about to say, it had the same effect that, like, Cagney's Public Enemy did when they Nobody were like, let's make an anti-mafia yeah, movie, but then everybody was like, oh, I'm joining the mafia at once yeah um i think the moral of most movies is still like money's bad (laughs) money's bad corruption bad (laughs) you know we just like i don't know man i just watched oceans 11 recently they were like the the whole thing is like the guy gets out of prison and he goes and stalks his ex-wife and then robs the guy 40 years ago and i'm talking about the reboot no yeah no i'm talking about the reboot too (laughs) yeah that was 40 years ago (laughs) oh i see i see what you're saying (laughs) yeah oceans 8 was already 10 years ago is that true Um, no it's about probably a five, right? Yeah. But uh, there's a whole, like... There's a bunch of jokes in this movie also that I I recommend going to watch this movie just for a few of these fucking jokes, man. There's, like... There's this whole, like, Abbott and Costello misdirection bit where Michael J. O'Connor thinks his daughter is telling him a story about getting fucked by two homeless people in an ice icebox. I had to, I had to like rewind Disney-fied. it. To, yes, Disneyfied. I had to like rewind it to hear it again. I was like, wait a minute, is is this insinuating that he thinks she's saying she got fucked by two men in an icebox, and that's absolutely what the fuck the movie was talking about? So they did it via song, <laughs> pretty much. There was some music in this movie. We're gonna get into that as well. There was some people singing that weren't actually singing, even though they wanted to actually be singing. What? Uh, <laughs> and. There's another joke. This cop makes a joke that was the highlight of the film for me. He says, I got a good wife at home. She never laid a fist on me that wasn't in self-defense. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) No! Merry Christmas, everyone. No! Hey, man, you remember Edward G. Robinson's rule, man? The more you're beating on women in the movies, the the bigger the star. Oh, my God. That's unhinged. Yeah, definitely go watch this movie. Like I said, it's very weird. It's very trippy. Like, the tone of it is very dark, but not dark. Interesting. It's worth it's worth a it's worth a view, and also there's things that we're supposed to be taking lightly, mm-hmm. like like I said, like it becomes a Domestic thing. Violence, yeah, <laughs> I mean that as well. But it becomes a thing where, like, you know, spoiler alert: Michael J. O'Connor returns to his home, but now he's pretending to be one of the needy people who need shelter in the home. This movie is on acid. It's on acid, and also like the whole time I'm just like, but this is very scary. Like you're just kind of pretending to be someone else in your own house, while like strangers who are like like street people are in your house you know what i mean and you're just Shooting like up heroin chumming up with them yes dude like that's the modern day retelling of this is like fucking... an insane like charles manson type is in your house and you're pretending to be one of his cults so you can live in your own home you this happens I mean? like every weekend in the hills right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's, it's a much darker tale somebody goes out of town for the weekend and they come back from fucking there's squatters Tahoe. there's yeah, fucking squatters yeah. in your house it's like you just want to hey man you want to tie off the Christmas? yeah man 
The Krispy Crusaders got the best stuff, dude. <laughs> well, you can't beat them. Join them. Yeah, let's <laughs> just say he knows how to light a spoon, my yeah, guy. Yeah, he does, man. He's just lighting it with his flamethrower, <laughs> lighting everyone's spoon in the middle of the room. <laughs> they don't call him the human barbecue pit for nothing, man. He's got, like, scratches on the side of his flamethrower of every yeah. chill child that yeah, he just roasted. Just melted, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he melted. <laughs> we call him Melty. <laughs> Melvin the melter. You're dude. gonna you're gonna feel melty after he heats up your spoon. You think man. that's heroin you're shooting? <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you about the production of this old movie. This is a dark show. <laughs> I know, man. This is a dark show. Film history. Merry Christmas. This Merry is, Christmas. Why does every Christmas on film history get like this? I think last time we talked about being nuked the whole time. <laughs> oh, no, it's changed. <laughs> no. This time the nukes are coming from a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Calls coming from inside we the would, house. We would have had a cheerier episode if we had done a nightmare before Christmas. It's <laughs> 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 very true. <laughs> so production of this oh, thing started up near Santa Clarita. There's a ranch up there right now called the Melody Ranch Motion Picture Studio. Uh, it was named that in 1953 when old Here Comes Santa Claus himself, Gene Autry, bought that ranch. And uh, he named it the Melody Ranch. Now we call it the Melody Ranch Motion Picture Studio. But before all that, it was the Monogram Ranch, home of Monogram Studios, a small-time independent studio that was part of Poverty Row. Remember we were talking about Poverty Hell Row? yeah. Yeah. A tiny studio. Not, like, the smallest one. They were up in Santa Clarita. They weren't down on Gower, where the, like, Poverty Row proper was. Mm. They were a little bit between Poverty Row and, like, a real studio, you know? Mm. Monogram Studios. Uh, they have been running it's since... All the way in Santa Clarita? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It might as well be San Francisco. I know, dude, so they got far. Disney Ranch is up there now, man. Damn, crazy. I had to go film NCIS and shit it's up like there. It's like a four-hour drive. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's a, it's a hell of a drive. <laughs> I got pulled over once while I was going to play a cop up at the Disney <laughs> ranch and i told the guy i'm going to play a cop <laughs> and he was like well i hope i don't ruin police for you when i definitely give you this ticket <laughs> did he really yeah oh wow we laughed damn and i had to pay money that i didn't have because i was a background actor and then he gave you a 400 dollars ticket <laughs> yeah yeah like, well, good is, luck paying this this is four days of work <laughs> yeah i hope you have it's a like, week don't worry i'm gonna use this and channel it and take my vengeance out as a cop in <laughs> i'm sure you're not gonna play me right anyway <laughs> But a, this was a small-time studio. It had been running since 1931. The studio's budgets usually came in around $90,000. That was what they were doing movies for. Uh, which the old, through the old inflation calculator... Can I guess? Go ahead. Uh... Three in between three hundred and sixty and like five hundred thousand somewhere between there. Actually, it was a little bit higher. It was one point two million oh, these shit, days. Shit. Yeah, ninety grand. It's the New Deal, man. Start yeah, pumping man. money in. Just <laughs> run the war. Sorry, my calculator was out. We're just printing money, baby. The war, the war flushed us. So million dollar movies. You know, that's basically what mm -hmm. they were churning out uh, compared to the average budget for a film in nineteen forty seven, eight hundred thousand. You want to take a crack at 800000 through the old inflation calculator? Yeah. Uh, three mil. Ten. Ten million. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that was way off. No, no. <laughs> 800000 That's That's about a $10 million movie. That's the average movie in Hollywood right now, 1947. Yeah. It's about a $10 million budget. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. You can't yeah. make a fucking indie darling for $10 million. <laughs> <No>, <laughs> Can't make a YouTube video for ten mil. Yeah, you can't shoot one scene for ten million dollars these days. Uh, and they were mostly churning out westerns. They were doing these like you know ninety thousand dollar westerns at the time. They had some big stars that were coming through. They were really starting to grow as a studio. They were putting people under contract, um, and they were they had like their own little studio stars. You know, like uh, Poverty Row. Most of those studios. You remember James Cagney was the star of a smaller studio yeah. for a while. You know, yeah. they would kind of put up their top build. Humphrey Bogart was the fucking star mm -hmm. of Warner Brothers, but that's different. <laughs> that yeah, was not yeah. a small studio. Yeah. But they had their own, you know, their own little stars here and there. Uh, one of them was an actress in this movie that we're going to talk about. Okay, cool. Yeah. So there was a producer <laughs> the, the there. Timothy Chalamet is 
before yeah, before he booked Dune. God yeah. Almighty. Yeah, who who <laughs> is he with? Though? Well, I mean, nowadays you don't really sign contracts, but you do yeah. sign like Timothy Chalamet. I feel like was all over eight twenty four. Yeah, like he was he was he was like exclusively an indie boy. Interesting. Until like two years ago. That's sort of like because you definitely mm. see actors who get like the HBO contract. Oh know, like HBO yeah. Max. A bunch yeah. of those actors are in all the HBO yeah, shit. Yeah, they Timothy like Chalamet with... is the new Leo. Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely. Is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lot of people doubt that kid, and I don't yeah. know why. Um, that kid's a fucking yeah, star, Yeah, I don't man. know why, yeah. Yeah. I mean, him and Tom Holland are, I, I like, uh, Tom Holland's more like a... He's more like Brad the Tom Kanks. Yeah. I, I mean, he's the action boy. Like, he's, like, kind of getting the roles I feel like Brad Pitt would have gotten. And he's he also more, age. like, boyish <laughs> yeah. uh, charm. And Timothy Chalamet's the emo um, guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Timothy Chalamet's, he's getting the, like... The actory movies, the Oscary movies. Right. Uh, uh, Tom Holland's getting like the action movies, yeah, the, like, like action more comedies. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. Tom like Holland's probably action. three times yeah. as rich as Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Timothy Chalamet will get an Oscar first. Yeah. Does he already have one? I don't know. Oh, fuck the Oscar. I just want a jet. Like, just what the fuck am I going to do with an Oscar? At Put this it in my point, ass. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hell yeah. What? I can't fly an Oscar <laughs> to fucking, you know, the Himalayas. Yeah. Like, fuck that shit. Who's who's the other the who's the other member of the big 3 of this generation? Timothy Chalamet, Tom Holland, and who's who's the third? Oh, man. Like uh Zendaya? Uh, I would say Miles Teller, even though he's a little mm-hmm. bit older. Yeah. But he's definitely like I'd say Miles Teller is one of the biggest stars in the world. Really? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, man. Top Gun, bro. Yeah. Top Gun. Yeah. I, I was so jealous of those fucking kids that got to do that movie. <laughs> anyway. There's always the next one. <laughs> yeah, there's always Top Gun too. Here we go. <laughs> Three. <laughs> oh shit. In yeah, that's space. true. <laughs> and, oh, there we go. Yeah. It'll be yeah, 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 yeah. That'll actually be a good one. Yeah, it'll a be space a good, mission. Yeah, it'll be a good one to be in. <laughs> Maybe they'll do a crossover with Fast and Furious, and they'll do a space race. Yeah, at this point, with, yeah, that's one yeah. Fast and Furious and everything. It's, okay, mm-hmm. crossover between it would be Fast and Furious, Transformers, Top Gun, mm-hmm. and uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, just throw them all together. All together. Just <laughs> do a movie where they're all thrown together. Yeah. It is so insane that they were just like, you know what? We're gonna have him eject at Mach. Yeah, yeah, like dude, there's yeah. only been one person ever in human history to eject over Mach one, yeah. and that person almost died. Yeah, everyone like it's a physical impossibility. But yeah. they're like Tom Cruise. Eh. Is that a thing they He's did in it. Top Gun the sequel? The right in the beginning, the supersonic oh. Oh, jet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. He was going. I gotta hit Mach ten for yeah. the test, and then he's like blows up the plane and ejects. Like you would be. Oh dead. yeah, Mach one. Yes. Mach one is seven hundred and fifty miles an hour. Let me see. So, what would Mach 10 speed be? The inflation calculation. The inflation. 7,600. You wouldn't be able to maintain consciousness. (laughs) You would vaporize. They they do the NASA thing where they spin you around everything. They do that. They don't even go to Mach 10. They do like Mach 4. Yeah. yeah. Like 5. You'd become a milkshake. You would become a milkshake. A a Tom Cruise milkshake. We'd suck you out of the cockpit. Uh, (laughs) So, (laughs) a producer over there at Monogram Studios. This is a great episode. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry He's Christmas. chilling with us at this point. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> a producer over there at Monogram, Walter Marish, uh, he began at Monogram after World War II as an assistant to studio head Steve Broidy, and he convinced Broidy that the days of low-budget films are ending, and in 1946, he, he convinced that Monogram to create a new unit Allied Artist Productions to make costlier films. He was like, we gotta up... Monogram's becoming a thing. We can't keep churning out these fucking cheapos. Let's, like, really get in our hat in their fucking ring. We don't have to ration supplies for wartime (laughs) That's right. Yeah, yeah, we're making money. Their movies were making money. That was the thing. They were making movies that were making a profit, you know? I mean, to the point where, like... They were running a successful operation, no doubt about it. Because yeah. everyone was so traumatized, they were like, "Please let me escape this hell of yes. my mind for two hell hours." Of my mind. A million dollar movie is exactly what I want to see right now. Well, we gotta you know? get bigger. We gotta expand. Yeah, we gotta expand. We gotta make. We gotta make Tron. <laughs> Tron. Why did that come out of my head? That movie was forty years ago. Even the new. Even the reboot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Drake wasn't even born yet before that one. I would say Garrett Hedlund is the other, or well, that was him, right? I don't the know what kid. who is the Garrett Hedlund. Uh, exactly. Did you yeah, make that up? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was him. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Garrett Hedlund sounds like a Family Guy character. <laughs> While you're watching the cell phone game, so so Monogram creates Allied Artists Productions. We're I've gonna, heard of them. We're gonna be big, yeah. Allied Artists. They were they they were still around for quite a while. 
The new name was meant to mirror the name of United Artists by invoking images of creative personnel uniting to produce and distribute quality films. Yeah, you think they, quality, they, they stayed quality. away from Axis? Axis artists? Axis artists. It's just part of the blue clip. Blue, what a paper clip. Blue clip. Paper clip. My brain's melting. Uh, just like those teenagers. Just in like Japan. Those, the human barbecue pit. <laughs> <laughs> my my producer nickname is the human barbecue pit and I'm here to make you fucking money and what makes more money than a Christmas movie you know what I'm saying it's very true yeah. you know what I'm saying Christmas, Christmas holiday songs yes. are in holiday movies Mariah Carey is so, still eating off that hit she had in 1942 there's a reason we do Christmas <laughs> episodes of film history the history of film baby it's because we want that money they sell you know what I'm saying <laughs> we want that mailbox money Christmas sells <laughs> yeah man Macaulay Culkin he's just out there living his best life yeah. gets a, gets like millions of dollars in the mailbox every, every year we did that last year yeah and i love yeah. how we're like don't yeah. be nice and good and charitable all year round <laughs> just one month <laughs> yeah exactly yeah hey by the way if you guys are looking for more holiday content from us go check out our last christmas episode yeah where we were on top of things yeah we had home alone we did Fast and Furious. <laughs> uh, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. A capitalist the Capitalist Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> and uh, It's a Wonderful Life. That yeah. uh, We all left the studio wanting to uh, throw ourselves off a bridge and into one the of icy these, waters. One of these seasons, we should do Die Hard because there is a great mm. debate online whether yeah. Die Hard is or isn't a Christmas movie. Well, Bruce Willis said it's a Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> really? That is yeah. the correct answer. Yeah, Bruce Willis said it's not a fucking Christmas movie. It's a Bruce Willis movie. That's funny. Hell to the Arguably king, the Bruce Willis movie. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's hot in that too, man. <laughs> he's just fucking, you know, it looks like he stood in front of the human barbecue for a while. <laughs> he's <just bruising> it <laughs> up. He looks like he met the, the, the business end of the human barbecue. <laughs> so, yeah, we got to make a fucking Christmas movie. That's what's going to make us some money around here, you know? And luckily, there's a script floating around already, as it happens. It's called, It Happened on Fifth Avenue. And one of the producers is like, was that about a rape? And he's like, no, it's about Christmas. Uh, so story- <laughs> I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, never mind. We're doing rape over here. And so the story was originally, we need at least one joke in there about violence against your wife, okay? That's the only way it's going to be made. So the story was originally optioned by... <laughs> It was originally optioned by Frank Capra's Liberty Films in 1945. I've heard of that. Yeah, you've heard of this guy. We've talked about him before because he said, never mind, fuck this movie. I'm going to go make an even sadder Christmas movie. And he went on to go do It's a Wonderful Life instead. So he shelved this one at, uh, at Liberty. And uh, I think maybe that was intentional. Maybe. You know, like, all right, I'm going to pull this one off the market so that It's a Wonderful Life can be oh, come sure. out first, and then we'll just let this do that, and whatever, whoever can make this after. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> I don't have a lot of information about how much it was bought for either, the rights. I usually know. 15 cents. There's some, yeah, <laughs> there's some uh, creepy stuff that's missing from the information about this movie, and all the sources are just like, we don't know what happened, what but creepy here's... Stu- creepy stuff. Yeah, just stuff that's missing that's like, mm. I don't know why it's missing. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Those aliens. Uh, it was the alien. This was the year of Roswell. Yeah. And the bombs. Uh, <laughs> so, on behalf of Allied Artist Productions, producer director Roy Del Ruth acquired the story and Monogram put together $1.2 million for the budget of this thing. Through the old inflation calculator, that's $16 million these days. And, you know, if you remember. We weren't really doing that. We were doing $800,000 movies around town, or $10 million movies, basically. Where So now Allied Artists is like, fuck it. We're going to do a $16 million movie. Like It'd be like, I guess, kind of like mm-hmm. A24 did, mm-hmm. where they were like, we're, we're done doing indies. Yeah. You know, we're about to yeah. do fucking huge budget shit yeah, now. Yeah, we're doing you know? big indies we're now. We're doing big indies. Where's Timothy Chalamet? Yeah. Get his cute little ass in here. <laughs> you know? We're throwing some fucking money down now. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing euphoria now yeah 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 we are get in here little timothy <laughs> uh, <laughs> bring timmy in. bring timmy in 
<laughs> the money man is here to discuss. <laughs> we didn't say anything. So, so the casting of this movie was announced. <laughs> the casting of Anne Harding and Victor Moore was announced in June 1946. <laughs> Can we make it through one episode without talking about an actor getting fucked in this town? Never. That's part of the show, baby. Merry Christmas. Part of this life. Art mirrors reality. All right, what were we talking about? Oh, my God. Uh, They announced casting in 1946. Anne Harding and Victor Moore was announced. Here's the thing. I have a fact here, but should I keep it for the fun fact thing you were talking about? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll keep that there. If you want to hear this one fun fact, subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna do one fun fact per episode. Because this is this is a this is a good fun. It's fact. It's a fun fact. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Don DeFore was cast as the human barbecue pit, uh, and Gail Storm as the rich daughter of Michael J. O'Connor were announced in July. Uh, by the way, her name was Gail Storm. That was that a real name. That's a poor name. Yeah, it was a total sure. poor name. It was her singer name. She like came from like bumfuck nowhere and started singing out here, or uh, started singing in New York. And her manager gave her the name Gail Storm, and she became like this kind of like sensation. She was like actor, singer, you know, triple threat type of lady, and uh, she signed with Monogram. She had a she had a deal with Monogram. She was their star. Gail Storm. She was their Timothy Chalamet. That's right. She was their Timmy. <laughs> Bring in Gail. The money man is here. Uh, <laughs> Bring in the storm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't say anything. I'm just saying it in a voice. It's just a voice. Maybe it's just this guy's voice, you know? <laughs> James is channeling his inner Weinstein. <laughs> Bring in the storm is a cool way to Hell introduce yeah. it. Like, whenever they need to get her from her trailer, they say, Bring in the storm. Bring in the storm. <laughs> Filming proceeded from August 5th to mid-October 1946, and they went 30% over budget shooting it. I don't know how, honestly, dude. When you watch this thing, there's no fucking way. Somebody was putting that money up their nose. Like, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> 30% over budget. <laughs> they didn't even film, like, the war parts of the human barbecue pit. You know, like, what was this budget for? It was for the inside of a mo- the inside of a mansion that re- they recreated at Monogram, you know. I don't know. Anyway, they didn't pay all that much for Gail Storm, all right? <laughs> Just saying. She was already under contract. Anyway. Wait, who does she play in the story? All I hear is homeless men. So she plays, uh, she is basically Paris Hilton. She's the daughter of Michael J. O'Connor, mm. and she's like this super rich socialite who kind of is trying to run away from her rich family. And she goes home to pack some shit. She knows dad's not home. Mm. She goes home to pack some shit runs into fucking Harry and Marv over here from Home Alone, and they think she's an intruder, which is like the dumbest shit ever. They're like, what are you doing in here? What are you doing in our house? What are you doing in our house? (laughs) And then, you know, it's all adorable. It's all fun. No one gets murdered or beaten. It's like Buddy uh, from Big Lebowski. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And it's just so cute, you know. It's a very cute story about home invasion. (laughs) <laughs> Home Alone did it later on. But, <laughs> but yeah, they went a little bit over budget. They spent about $1.56 million on this thing, or $20 million today. So, I mean, this was, you know, Monogram was really stepping up to the plate here. Or Allied Artists, sorry, they're not Monogram anymore. Um, it happened on Fifth Avenue, was directed by the guy who bought the rights, Roy Del Ruth. He had already directed such films as The Maltese Falcon, he oh, directed that. I've heard of that. We talked about that on the Bogey episode. He directed Topper Returns in 1941. That was a big one. And Dewberry Was a Lady. <laughs> Some of these are these are real titles. Uh, that was in 1943. But he was a big-time guy. This was a big-time director that Allied Artists brought on. He was already kind of like in their churn, you know? Mm-hmm. But he's their fucking dude. You know, the dude who directed Maltese Falcon doing our Christmas shit. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a banger. You know, bring in the storm. You know, the money. He just got off of this gig in Roswell. He's (laughs) he's really on point right now. He dropped an actual atom bomb for a movie out in Roswell. Uh, (laughs) Bring him in. The money man's here. Bring him in. The money man's here. (laughs) Bring in Roy. 
the money guy's here. But it's just a voice. I didn't say anything. But, but, but boy... <laughs> But boy, was old Roy Del Ruth a real James Cameron. Uh, this guy was not easy to work with. His bedside manner on set was a lot like the Sea Serpent King himself. Um, <laughs> he was staple. He was nail gunning people's cell phones to the wall even before they had cell phones. You know, he was fucking like, I don't care if you fall off the balcony, get the fucking shot. You know, uh, <laughs> Gail Storm said Roy Del Ruth would make Victor Moore do retake after retake without ever telling the elder actor what Mr. Del Rue thought he had done wrong. He's <laughs> just like, just do it again. Just do it again. Just do it again. <laughs> and then he would do it again. And he'd be like, alright, again. Well, that's why they went over budget. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was just torturing this old guy, man. And this guy was a legend. That's my, that's do my it beef. again! The money man's here! The money man is here. Do it again. <laughs> and, like I said, Gail Storm, she was this big singer. She had like a fucking record deal and everything. But he would not allow her to actually sing her own shit in the movie. He what? demanded mm. that another singer be brought in and sing her parts in pose. She just lip synced it? Yeah, and she just lip synced it, basically. Despite the fact that she was a trained singer, she had already starred in several musicals. She was, like, famous for musicals. And he was like, no, I don't want you to sing. And we're trying to go over budget. Yeah, we're trying to go over budget here. I, I need to spend more money. I need to make this look like it was more expensive than it was. Trust me. The tax man's after me. You know? so, <laughs> it, maybe that actually was the reason. Look, darling. Look, doll. No. You've been casted for your, for your looks and not your talents. That is exactly what the fuck he said, Deb. That is exactly what Roy Del Ruth said. She said, I couldn't believe it. I thought that maybe he didn't know I've been singing and dancing in films and that if I spoke to him, he'd let me do my own number. Well, I asked him, and he said no. <laughs> I asked him to look at some of my musicals, and he said no. I asked him if I could sing for him, and he said no. His theory that is if you were a dancer, you didn't sing. If you were a singer, you didn't dance. If you were an actor, you didn't sing or dance. <laughs> oh, so this guy's a moron. He's a fucking <laughs> yes. That's like, especially for this time, like yes. literally the opposite. Yes. It's like you used to have to do all three. You used to literally yes, need to do all three. Fucking Jimmy Cagney was over there tap dancing and singing in his fucking movies. It's like, are you crazy? They're shooting that five miles from here. Yeah. <laughs> But ultimately, Gail Storm's voice was dubbed over by someone else, someone who got like, listen, by the guy. It was just something. some girl he was banging. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, a, yeah. Interesting. Uh, it was course. either a tax yeah. break or he was banging her. Or his, or his coke dealer had a daughter who really wanted her big break. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was Timothy Chalamet. Uh, and bring in Tim. He's like, listen, doll, I was born yesterday, okay? We're going to do it my way. <laughs> so, the movie's made... It's October 1946, and we have just enough time for this bad boy to be released by Christmas. Uh, but for unknown reasons, that just like lost to fucking history, lost to the ether. It happened on Fifth Avenue. The Christmas film about wintertime shit was released in, on Easter of 1947. <laughs> what? In fucking April. Why? I don't know. Unknown reasons. Unknown reasons. Roswell. Yep, Roswell. We really, honestly, do not know. Maybe it was Frank Capra. Maybe he's like, all right, I'll sell you this shit, but you can't come out with a Christmas because It's a Wonderful Life's going to be running again. You know, like <laughs> we got our second year coming up. You can't be fucking our shit up. Run again, baby. Run it back. Run um, it back. Uh, or it's fucking just, uh, uh, you know, it, they had to do so many retakes with the singer that he was like, damn, if I had cast the singer, it wouldn't be this far behind budget. <laughs> We've been fucking re-singing this shit till March. <laughs> she finally gets that one last note in, and they're like, get this thing out of the door. It's fucking April. It's fucking Easter over here. People are just waking up. They're like, is this movie out yet? But uh, for some reason, enough people went to the theater around Easter looking for a Christmas movie <laughs> to make it a little bit of money. It made $1.7 million during its run, $200,000 profit, or through the old inflation calculator, that's like a $2 million project, uh, $2 million profit. So basically $22 million run on a $20 million film. So it was like a tiny, tiny little profit that they made from it. But, you know, making all that money... They definitely they became a bigger studio after that, like Allied Artists. Like you said, you've you've heard of them. 
because this was like the fucking house that this movie built, you wow. know. And they eventually That's would, cool. Yeah, and they eventually would get absorbed by I want to say it was Paramount that yeah, eventually that absorbed them. Sounds about right. And they became a success story, baby. Corporate Monogram. consolidation, dude. Yeah, that's right. Little old Monogram Studios bringing Timmy, you know. They bring made it work. In. Bring in the storm. <laughs> Riders on the storm. <laughs> uh, it was nominated for one Oscar, Best Writing, Original Story. That went to writers Herbert Clyde Lewis uh, and Frederick Stefani. But they lost to Valentine Davies, who wrote "Fucking Miracle" on Thirty Fourth Street. That Damn. came out that year. Damn, they got wiped, dude. That's yeah. maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Well, no, that was they trying to like not compete with Miracle. Maybe. No, oh, wait, that no, doesn't man. make sense. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, but they lost to the they lost the Oscar Damn. to those guys. Well, you know, they they should have put Sand in that goddamn electric chair in that movie. You know? <laughs> Psychopath. It's, it's a hard movie to beat. Yeah, yeah. It's... The end of the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street when they put him in front of the firing squad. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in his Santa suit. Oh. That was 1947 as oh, fuck. We're uh, we're Santa killed himself in his jail cell. <laughs> yeah. where he hung himself in the bed sheets. He suicided. Himself. <laughs> he <was> suicided. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, by Herbert Hoover or whoever. Uh, are... <laughs> Santa didn't kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> Santa got into the wrong crypto. Yeah, yeah, he was about to he was about to squeal on all the on all the bri- all the international bribes he's been getting. What from, was uh... what was the big hubbub? Why was he going to jail on Miracle on 34th Street because he said he was Santa? He's traveling without a passport, man. He can't fly Is over international waters. No, I don't know. <laughs> he swan his fucking reindeer <laughs> without a goddamn passport. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was an immigration issue. I don't, no, they didn't believe he was Santa, They didn't though. believe he was Santa, but he was going to... Was it breaking and entering? Was he going entering? to jail? Was, it a, was, the, was the court scene because he's going to fucking jail? Was it a breaking and entering? Was he, like, being prosecuted for breaking and entering? They thought know. he was a Nazi experimenting <laughs> with new technology and reindeer and slaves. He dropped a nuclear bomb on it, New York. It was the 40s. He was wearing red. They thought he was a commie. Yeah. It was. was a, oh, yeah. he was a commie. That's yeah. what it was. He's just give, giving away shit for free. Giving away, away shit, shit for, for free. free. Fucking Santa commie. <laughs> <laughs> commie claws. That's, we'll teach that's you to why. fucking that's give away right. things for free. They were sending him to. They were sending him to Abu Ghraib. <laughs> they were sending Santa Claus to Abu Ghraib. <laughs> they were going to put him at the business end of the human barbecue pit at the end of the month. We had to call the old buddy out of retirement. <laughs> Calling the human barbecue pit. The money man is here. <laughs> <laughs> this was kind of interesting to me. This is like this is an interesting fact that we'll go in here. If you think about uh, it, all Santa does is commit crimes. <laughs> he's, he's got yeah. slave labor. Yes, he break it. He does break it entering. Steals people's cookies and milk. Yeah, <laughs> he travels <laughs> internationally without going through <laughs> without customs. Passport. He definitely doesn't go through customs. He could be bringing anything on that slave. What if it's a fucking bomb? He could yeah. be killing children. You know, yeah. the man has. You know, carte everybody blanche. always talks about like the gifts Santa brings from like the nice. Whatever. What does he give? Nobody ever makes a movie about the naughty list kids. Like I want. Yeah. Yeah, what do they I want to see the Santa that goes in and be like, you and Naughty, I'm going to take a shit in your kitchen. No. I'm going to leave you a lump yeah. of coal. Dev, they get a contract with A24. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in here. A24 only wants the Naughty Boys. <laughs> Santa's going to make you a, an artist. <laughs> <laughs> so this shit is wild to me. Uh, <laughs> Which part? <laughs> all of it. But hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> I hope you're drunk. Um, <laughs> I hope you started drinking the eggnog early. So part of the part of the marketing for this movie was a bus tour across America, a six day bus tour that ended in Los Angeles. Don't know where the fuck it came from, by the way. Don't know the point of origin for this bus tour. Sponsored by this movie, it was like. <laughs> A trip across America on a fucking bus for six days, and I guess they had posters of the movie in the bus, and you would go to different locations across America and sing songs from this movie. 
couldn't find out any fucking other information about that was their marketing that was part of the marketing yes like what if we got a bunch of drugs and (laughs) we took a road trip and we somehow figured out a way to tie this into the marketing budget put posters (laughs) on the side black out the windows no one will see us railing lines in the back it's a movie in itself imagine six days on a bus that is sponsored by a random ass Christmas movie an independent Christmas film that's coming out this year with a bunch of strangers and it's like so these are random people I, yeah i assume i assume they were just like random ass tourists who were like i have six days to spare or were they the marketing guys doing? no no this was like people that they wanted to go see the movie it's like <laughs> fucking i don't know i really don't know 1947 was a fucking wild time i'm sure one of those bus people died and they deserved it all right they got murdered don't get well, on they're a- all dead now yeah they're all dead now that's right just get dropped off in los angeles like a caravan of immigrants <laughs> <laughs> the caravan is here <laughs> What do I do now? How do I get home? Uh, That's up to you, baby. Uh, Got you a movie ticket? Right here. They they pull up to Pantages, and they go in and see the movie, and they come out, and the fucking bus is gone. They're like, oh, we didn't say we were bringing your ass back. For real, though. They didn't go go back on that bus. It was a six-day trip. Is that three days here, three days back? Where's it coming from? I, it took it took like six days to be a straight shot from the East Coast to For LA. Sure. Like Absolutely. I don't I think this is like before the interstate system was built or yeah. right around the same time. So they're doing like Route sixty six and like old state roads and shit. And like, putting you on a plane back. Absolutely. Maybe not. Maybe not. It, it, oh, this was definitely before like commercial, like yeah. widespread commercial. You would have been on a fucking commercial like, airlines are so expensive then. for sure. You would have been on a plane. Yeah, you. They just lived in L. A. Yeah, yeah, they just yeah, moved yeah. to L. A. When yeah. they got there, it's just it's a free trip to L. A. Yeah. They sent take a fucking, it or leave it. <laughs> they sent a telegram. <laughs> we live here now. <laughs> yeah, you know. Do you want to go to L. A. We can get you there. If you want to <laughs> come back, that's on you. You're it, you, that job is up to you. This is the beginning of the hippie movement. Was <laughs> yeah. this movie's marketing bus? <laughs> It's like, we, we've been stuck here since the 40s. Listen, I got a bus of a lot of acid and a movie at the other end. It's all the mayors of the East Coast towns are like, all right, we got a homeless problem. Let's, let's ship these motherfuckers on a bus and stick them out west. They, they used to do that. They so. still do. They still do. Yeah, they still very <laughs> much do. Ron DeSantis put them on the bus and was like, yeah, 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 there'll be homeless shelters when you get there. Don't worry. That's what Ron DeSantis did fucking the Hamptons or whatever. Yeah, it, was yeah, a, yeah. it was a dune Those were the dune bus. <laughs> The dune bus. They weren't even immigrants. It's so funny. It's like they were yeah, they weren't were... even homeless people. No, no. they were like yeah. people with homes yeah. and lives. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Get on the dune bus. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet's driving it up there. It's part of the experience. See, when you're gone, we're gonna put a squatter in your house. That's right. So, <laughs> old is gonna be in there. Old old crispy Jim is gonna be living in your house. Sending, you get to live the movie. We're sending the human barbecue to the Hamptons. <laughs> And that's it for this movie. Merry Christmas, everyone. It happened on Fifth Street. Go check it out. It's on HBO Max. Uh, it's a, it's funny. It's oh, that's a the funny end of movie. This? Yeah, that's it. What okay. the hell else do you need? Wait, how much money did they make again? Oh, they made 1.7 mil. Sweet. So, what's, what's that run through the old in- inflation calculator? 22 million. Nice. So, Double their money. That's right. So it was basically, well, since they went so far over budget, they didn't double it. They only, they, it was like they had made a two million or a, a $20 million movie and they made 22 back. Okay. But, you know, they made hey. 22 mil. Yeah, yeah, that that point two paid for the bus trip. Hell yeah! So. As long as you're even or in the green, yeah. as long as you're not in the red, a movie right. success. Yeah. And now they had twenty two million dollars in the bank, baby. Yeah. And they became for real allied artists. And uh, cool. Yeah, that's the end of that. I cool. thought it was interesting because I could yeah. get into that studio shit. I yeah. loved it. It was great. It was f- super funny. It's unexpectedly so in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, this might be the last episode we do before the end of the year. Yeah, probably. I'm 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 getting on a on a bus to the <laughs> other side of the country <laughs> yeah. in just a couple days. It's, I don't know uh, if I'm coming back. <laughs> it's sponsored by Bros. Yeah. Yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. The gay movie. Yeah, no, I'm 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 departing for two weeks to uh, to see family. Um, Indeed. we might try to do a remote episode. We'll see. I don't know. I'm also just so backed up with work that uh, and we're also averaging an episode every other week at this point. So That's all you right. know, this might be the last episode before Christmas. Well, uh, we, our New Year's resolution will be to get back on a weekly schedule. 
and stuff. Things yeah. should be equalizing. You know, there's been a lot of disturbances in the last couple of months. So, you know, I think should be equalized back in January. But uh, this is the last time you hear from us. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Yeah. Jolly, Kwanzaa. Jolly Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Jolly Christmas. Merry Easter. Happy New Year. Yeah. All that. Remember, Santa was a pagan holiday. That's right. And mm. we're all just corporatizing everything. There's no difference between Santa Claus and Jesus. Eat some mushrooms and watch your Christmas tree. <laughs> wash it with soap, baby. <laughs> Don't uh, do that in the reverse I'd, order. I'd, Don't I'd, eat your Christmas tree and wash some mushrooms. I didn't say wash. I said watch. I thought you said wash it. <laughs> well, eat some one. mushrooms and wash your tree. <laughs> <laughs> either one it is one. something I would do on mushrooms yeah. to be honest this tree needs a washing this thing is dirty <laughs> dirty you... fucking tree in my house I'm washing your ass you got it in the bathtub <laughs> like a dog whatever you want to do with your Christmas tree after That's you eat the you. mushrooms you do you that's know? up yeah. to you just whatever you do don't board up your uh, summer home and move down somewhere for the winter because somebody's definitely going to move in there and that yeah. man will have definitely melt a Japanese yeah. teenager and it won't be, be yeah yeah, it'll be Deb and an actual war veteran that's not so funny. You uh, know, they'll just be like burning all your clothes. Yeah, they'll just that. actually have PTSD. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. just gonna shit in your living room and a heroin addiction. <laughs> There's gonna be a rat king down there. Oh god. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be the liver king now that he's out of job. Um, but uh, if, uh, if if you're missing me over the holidays, you can find me. And those are uh, on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on uh, TikTok at Hollywood Drake, on uh, Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, uh, my merch store, Raging20smerch.com. And then if you're on the internet website, just type my name in and I'll find you. Damn right. Uh, Sailor underscore Dev on Insta and Abracadabra Dev on Twitter. And, you know, shout out to the Wild West that Twitter's become. I really like yeah. I like engaging with our fans on Twitter. Uh, I've We've had a couple cool uh, yeah. people reach out oh, and tag yeah. us, so oh, yeah. like, that's also that's like a really cool way to like interact and, and hit us up. So yeah. please yeah. follow uh, the show, follow yeah. us. Did I read the Twitter endorsement on the last episode? I must have. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. yeah. yeah. We might learn something every now. Yeah. And then. yeah. Okay. Fantastic. I just want to make sure I shout that out. Yep. And uh, you can find me at Jimmy Deloy or James Wyatt Scott, depending on where you're looking for me. You can find me at Film History, the History of Film, uh, FHHF Podcast. And uh, you can also find me breaking into your home and heating up the bathtub with my old flamethrower that I carried through the goddamn Pacific Theater of WW2. That's been Film History. The history of film. You know what I'm talking about.